the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, we are commanded in the scriptures to wait upon the Lord. Many times we're commanded to wait upon the Lord. And I think in our minds, we tend to think that means like, you know, like wait upon the Lord. Like, where is he? Like, what? come on, where, you're, you're late. No, when it talks about waiting upon the Lord, it's serving the Lord. We're to wait upon him. We're to serve him. You know, in Psalm 32, the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. A common misconception of the phrase, wait upon the Lord, is that you are passing the time before he comes. But as Pastor Dan shares in today's study, it's actually that you are to serve the Lord. In this service to the Lord, he will guide you with his eye. To be directed by the Lord, you must have your eyes fixed upon Him. What are you concentrating on today? Chores around the house, work deadlines, or school projects? Instead, turn your eyes to your Maker. Ask and seek His direction for your life. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Do you jump at the opportunity to serve him like Abraham did? Do you consider it an honor and privilege to serve the Lord Jesus Christ as Abraham? Do me the honor of letting me just serve you. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the Apostle Paul mentions the family of Stephanus. And I love what it says about the family of Stephanus, especially in the old King James It says of the family of Stephanus, the whole family of Stephanus, it says, have addicted themselves to the ministry. They were addicted to the ministry. I love that. You know, the newer translations say they were wholly devoted to the ministry and and that kind of thing. Old King James, man, they were addicted to serving the Lord. I love that description. I I want that to be said of, of me and my family. We just love serving the Lord. That we jump at the opportunity To serve the Lord. We consider it a privilege and an honor to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as Paul says in Romans chapter 12, you know, in light of what he's done for us and dying on the cross for us and saving us and and giving us eternal life, this is your reasonable service, right? In response to what he's done for us to make your life a living sacrifice to him. That's what Abraham does. Verse 4 Watch what Abraham says here. He says, please let a little water be brought and wash your feet. Of course, they wore sandals in those days, and it's desert and dirty, and their feet would get dirty. So let me bring a little water so you can wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. You know, just take, take a rest here under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. 
After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. I'm your servant. And they said, do as you have said. You know, in First Peter chapter 4, verse 9, it says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And that's what Abraham did. He cheerfully shared his home, or in this case, he shared his tent with these strangers that just show up, passing by his tent, and he offers them a meal. And what I love here about this is Abraham really downplays what he's going to serve them, what he's going to prepare for these three visitors. He basically says here in verses 4 and 5, you know, rest a while, I'll bring you a piece of bread to refresh you, and then you can be on your way. And, and the Lord says, you know, do as you have said. And I love that too. You know, uh, Jesus loved to eat, right? He loved to eat. He never passed up a meal when someone offered him a meal. How often do you see in the Gospels where Jesus is eating a meal, you know? And even Jesus talks about in the kingdom how we will sit down to a great big feast with him called the marriage supper of the Lamb. That, when he talks about us being together with him, he talks about the meal we're going to have with him. Right? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus says, I'm, I'm standing at the door knocking. I want to come in. If you open the door and invite me in, I'll come in and we'll have a meal together. We'll share a relationship together. If you open the door to your life to me, if you invite me into your life, I'll come in. We'll share a meal. We'll have a relationship. We'll enjoy friendship together. And here, Abraham offers a meal to the Lord. And the Lord says, sure. Yeah, we'll stay. Yeah, we'd love to stay. Verse 6. Now watch what happens. Like I said, he really downplayed the meal. He said, I'll just bring you some piece of bread for you to eat and then you can be on your way. And the Lord said, okay, do as you've said. So verse 6, Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, his wife, and said, quick, make ready three measures of fine meal Knead it and make cakes. (laughs) Abraham runs into the tent and says to his wife, Sarah, quick, knead some dough and bake some bread. We've got guests. By the way, if you're a note taker, three measures of fine flour, that's about five gallons of flour. You think about a pound of flour. And Abraham runs into the tent and tells Sarah to bake Bread from five gallons. Think about a paint bucket of flour. Not just, you know, not just, hey, we've got three guests. Could you make three dinner rolls for us? Not just the minimum. And I want you to see this here. Abraham doesn't just ask Sarah to make the minimum. He asked Sarah to make an excessive amount, you know, enough bread to feed an army here, which, you know, for us, What's the application? Well, the application is, do you do the bare minimum for Jesus Christ? Do you do the bare minimum for Jesus Christ? Or do you go well beyond the minimum for Jesus Christ? Do you do the the least that is needed? Well, I, I go to church on Sundays. I pray before meals. Are you doing just the bare minimum for Jesus Christ? Or do you go way beyond? Do you go 
way beyond the minimum for Jesus Christ. Abraham goes way beyond here, the minimum. And so now he's got Sarah there. She's out, she would be outside the tent baking this bread, you know, and kneading the dough. I mean, just think about this. We read it's a sentence. How long does it take to make the flour and the dough and knead it and make cakes and bake it all? You know, how long is that going to take? Verse 7, and Abraham then ran to the herd. He took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So Abraham chose the best calf out of his flock. He gave it to his servant to cook. And understand in the ancient world, eating meat was a rare luxury. It was something you only did on very important occasions. But again, we see Abraham giving his best to the Lord. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't choose the old rickety broken down calf and say, well, we'll just cook that thing. But he goes out himself and, and he picks the best calf. And he's going to give his best to the Lord. And remember, remember Abraham said, let me just bring you a piece of bread and then you can be on your way. <laughs> now he's got a servant who is butchering a calf and then is going to cook a calf over a fire. His wife is baking bread. I mean, this meal is going to take all day. I mean, how long does it take to cook a calf? You know, seven, eight, nine, ten hours, maybe longer than that. Much more than just a piece of bread he's giving him here. And so then, verse 8, he took butter and milk. Again, he's not going to have that in the refrigerator. He's milking goats and making butter and milk. And the calf which he had prepared, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. You know, Bedouins still today, they drink this, uh, this buttermilk mixture for refreshment. If you're a note taker, if you remember in Judges chapter 4, Sisera and Jael, Sisera flees and he goes to the tent of Jael and he comes into the tent and he asks for water because he's thirsty and Jael gives Sisera milk to drink. And you read that and you think, milk? Like why? Who would want milk when you're thirsty? Well, it was a common drink in that time. And if you remember, he drank the milk and then he fell asleep and then Jael took a tent stake and drove it through his head his temple, and killed. One of the greatest stories in all of the Bible, especially if you have boys reading that story. So here Abraham brings out butter, he brings out milk, he brings out the calf which he had prepared. He's not keeping kosher. And he set it before them. And then notice here, this is an important detail, notice he stood by them under the tree as they ate. He didn't sit down with them and eat the meal with them. He stood during the meal and he served them. Again, this was a cultural thing. It's still a cultural thing among the Bedouins. In that culture, the host uh, stood during a meal to serve his or her guests and didn't sit with them. Now, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 10, Jesus goes to the house of Martha and Mary. Mary sat to listen to Jesus teach. What's Martha doing? She's serving. She's serving the meal. And Martha gets upset because Mary is sitting. She's frustrated and she says to Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. As the co-hosts, Martha and Mary should have both served, but Mary sat down. That's why Martha's bugged. 
Because she's not supposed to be sitting with the guests. She's supposed to be serving the guests. Abraham stands as a servant or a waiter, literally waiting upon the Lord here. You know, we are commanded in the scriptures to wait upon the Lord. Many times we're commanded to wait upon the Lord. And I think in our minds, we tend to think that means like, you know, like wait upon the Lord. Like, where is he? Like, what? come on, where, you're, you're late. No, when it talks about waiting upon the Lord, it's serving the Lord. We're to wait upon him. We're to serve him. You know, in Psalm 32, the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I will guide you with my eye. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first... Here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. How many times have you been in a restaurant and the waiter or waitress is nowhere to be found? And you need a a drink refill or you need something, you want to check on your food. And what do you say? Try to get the waiter's attention. Try to catch the waiter's eye, right? Well, here, as we are waiting upon the Lord and serving him, as Abraham does here in this passage... You know, God says, I will guide you with my eye. You know, just with a look and just a glance, he's going to guide us and direct us. For God to guide us with his eye, we must have our eyes fixed on him, as Abraham does. Just my eyes are fixed on him because I'm serving him. I'm watching him for any kind of signal, any kind of instruction, any kind of direction on what he wants me to do. And so now we come to verse 9, and the focus of this meal changes to Sarah. So as they're having this meal, again, they've been there all day, however many hours it takes to cook a whole calf and bake bread and all, and to churn butter. (laughs) And then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said, here in the tent. And God said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And we're told that Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. God says, I will certainly return to you this time next year, and you will have a son. God's promises are a certainty. We can count on his promises. He will fulfill it. He will do it. You know, this is the same promise that God made to Abraham in chapter 17 that we studied last. God told Abraham in chapter 17 that this time next year, Sarah will have a son and you will name him Isaac. And we're told here that he says the exact same thing to Abraham again. This time, Sarah is standing at the door and she's eavesdropping on the conversation. Verse 11 Now Abraham and Sarah were old, they were well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. That means she had gone through menopause, uh, and, and so from a physical standpoint, it was impossible for her to have children. So this is going to be a miracle. Verse 12 says, 
Therefore, Sarah laughed, notice within herself, she didn't laugh out loud, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. If you remember in chapter 17, Abraham also laughed when God told him that Sarah would have a son. And that's why God said, well, you're going to name the son Isaac, which means laughter, because you laughed at this whole thing. Sarah laughed within herself, not out loud, but God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He even knows our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Uh, Nothing is hidden from his sight. And so God knows that Sarah laughed within herself. And Sarah said within herself, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. And the the word here for old, when she says, after I have grown old, uh, the, the phrase means worn out. She's not talking about chronological age here. She's not saying, I'm, you know, 90 years old. She's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm too worn out to have kids. The same words used elsewhere in the Bible to talk about, uh, to describe garments that are, that are worn out, you know. And just her description here, I think, is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm worn out. I'm too, too worn out to have kids. And now God's saying he's going to, He's going to give me kids at this age. And my husband, Abraham, he's worn out too. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Now watch this, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, next, this time next year, I will return to you according to the time of life, And this time next year, Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And isn't it interesting when we're afraid, how we sometimes we lie, right? Just in the moment, we're afraid and we just, we lie as a defense mechanism because we're afraid. And that's what Sarah does here. She says, I did not laugh. She said it because she was afraid. She was caught. And I, I like this, God. He says, oh, but you did laugh. You know, it's like they're in this argument here. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. I did not. Yes, you did. But I want you to zero in on the phrase, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, if you're a note taker, this word hard, the word, it means wonderful. It means extraordinary. It means marvelous. How many times have you said, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if, but that'll never happen. And you can watch the news and everything going on, all the chaos and all the trouble in our nation. And you, could, you can say, well, wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful if. But then your next thought is, man, it's, it's never going to happen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's the word that she... Is anything too wonderful for Him? Is anything too extraordinary? For, that's just too extraordinary. I can't, I can't even imagine how that possibly could be. It would be wonderful. It would be glorious. But I just I can't possibly see how that could happen. Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? By the way, this word... Hard, which also means wonderful or extraordinary or marvelous. This word is always used of God and never 
of man in the Bible. Yeah, it's too hard for you. It's too hard for me. We can't figure it out. It's beyond our abilities. It's beyond our resources. Yeah, it's too hard for us. But this word is only used of God. This is speaking of something wonderful and extraordinary and marvelous that only God can do. And verse 14 is a verse that you should highlight in your Bible. It is a question that you should ask when something is too hard for you or too impossible for you to do. But is it too wonderful for the Lord to do? It's too hard for me. But is it too hard for the Lord? You know, most of our faith problems go back to how we answer this question. Whether we realize it or not, or whether we consciously ask the question or not, it it goes back to how we answer this question in verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We get stuck on the facts. In Abraham and Sarah's situation, the fact is they were too old and too worn out. Their bodies were not able to have children. That's the fact. It is too hard. It's it's impossible. And we get stuck on the facts. Maybe for you, it's not that you're too old. That's not your issue. But maybe you would say, I'm too weak or I'm too broke or things are just so messed up in my life. They're, they're, they're beyond fixing. There's no... Or to put it another way, elsewhere in the Bible, it says nothing is impossible for our God. It, again, it's impossible for us. It's beyond our limitations and our resources and our abilities. We can't do it in our own strength. But nothing's impossible for God. Nothing's beyond his ability. Nothing is too wonderful for him to do. If you think about it, our God created the heavens and the earth. All the billions and billions and billions of stars. He put them in the sky and he calls them all by name. Our God died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and on the third day he rose again from the dead. And he's alive today and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He has removed our sin. He's given us eternal life. He's given us the hope of heaven for those that have put their trust in him. There's nothing more wonderful than our salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ can erase our sin and give us eternal life, well then is there anything too hard for him? Is there anything too wonderful for him? Is there anything that's impossible for God? And the answer is no. And again, we, we look at things and we, we, we look at the facts and we look at our resources and we look at the, you know, our limitations and our ability, but we sh- that's not where we should be looking. We should be looking at God and His resources and His ability that are unlimited. There's nothing too wonderful for Him. Nothing too difficult. No matter what you may be facing today, there's nothing too hard for him. It's not to say it's not hard. It's hard for you. It's hard for me. It's not to say that maybe you got a, a barrel full of fish hooks. How are you going to get those untangled? Where do you even start? It's not too hard for God. It's not too wonderful for him. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if... Yeah, he can do that. Nothing is too wonderful for him. He asked me how I know. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer request with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.